Welcome to the From the STEM Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of the From the STEM Up podcast. Today we have a really unique and special guest. Hey Swetha, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing really, really great. So my name is Swetha. I'm a 17-year-old from Dallas, Texas, and I'm the founder and CEO of Melodies for Math, an educational initiative that aims to explain K-12 through math concepts through short, compelling, original songs in order to bridge the gap between STEM and the humanities and build a little community around both of those varying interests to start to bring more individuals towards math and ultimately push more people towards STEM-related careers. And so far, we've had a pretty large um, impact. We were founded three months ago, and we already released 22 original songs, and 15 of those were individual requests that impacted 15 students. And we currently have an international team of over 25 people. And in addition to Melodies for Math, I recently started a freelance web design business called Suetha Sites, where I basically like um, receive requests from different student organizations and I create websites for them. I also really, really, really love hackathons. I've competed in three recently and I am currently an intern for NASA for in the Earth and Space Science program and a web design and and a web design intern at this nonprofit that I've always looked up to called Climate Science. I've looked up to them since July and I have an opportunity to work on designing their website and working on a few things and that has been a dream come true for me. And I'm the only high school student on staff so I'm surprised that they even let me on. But it's really cool that I'm able to work with this diverse international team to really spread education through tech to a variety of schools and communities. Wow. Okay. You have a lot to share and I love that. I am so inspired by Melodies for Math. It looks like you guys already have like around a thousand followers on Instagram which is super amazing. You guys have so many cool songs and I will preview one of them uh, shortly. But before we get into your initiatives, what does STEM mean to you? Hmm okay. I feel like especially during quarantine I've had a lot of time to really ponder and then think about the question because like I really really love my STEM classes in school but never really did anything outside until more recently but I feel like STEM is super empowering because it gives me the ability and tools to create I've never realized how much I loved creating until this break and so with with things like coding and and mathematics and technology it allows me to take all these little ideas that I have in my head and formulate it into something that I can release to help people and I feel very, very, very thankful that I've had a privileged education, like a privileged education. I had access to school and resources here at home. So I feel like with the power of STEM, I can take what I have and give back to the community because I feel like STEM is a tool needed to solve problems, especially in the 21st century. And we need the biggest, brightest brains and we need to empower all, all people to really make a difference. Math specifically 
I felt like it is actually kind of the midpoint between STEM and the humanities because, you know, math obviously has like STEM connotations in terms of its application, but with like its theoretical aspect, like it's actually kind of an art and a language, everything about it. I mean, like why else is math intertwined with physics? And you can also really see it when you deconstruct music, poetry, math is just everywhere. And that's an integral part of STEM. So I think music and math are the two M's in STEM. That's what I call it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I totally agree how STEM is a tool, but as you said, not everyone has that opportunity. And when you release those resources, such as your uh, math music videos online, it gives people who maybe don't have such a good math education with those free resources. And that's and that's really, really great. So I know you've accomplished a lot. And um, along your life journey, who are your role models and why? Hmm. Okay, so one of my role models is actually the founder of Khan Academy, Sal Khan. I actually watched a lot of the Khan Academy videos, I think starting from the fifth grade. And I honestly really liked how the resource is accessible to anyone that has an internet connection. Like, and also, I like how his videos are super neat and detailed. And when founding Melodies for Math, I actually kind of looked at Khan Academy and their curriculum and kind of used that as kind of a model. And I really like, I also, since I've been with them since fifth grade, I was able to watch them grow to where they are. And it's really, really, it's really, really crazy. They're not really large. They even have their own contests and things I like. Another role model I have is, um, I actually did a panel with her yesterday. Audrey Peh, the founder of, of WeTech. Because I feel like like we both had like similar beginnings. She started her organization with like a blog that she wrote herself. And I started Melody Sir Math with just a bunch of songs that I composed myself. And she was able to grow her, her organization to like have a women in technology conference in the Philippines, the first women in tech conference in the Philippines. So I feel like I kind of want to do something similar with Melody for Math, like have this um, STEM X arts panel where like people can talk about like, you know, the intersections between the two, as well as zone in about like Matt's place in the world. And I honestly um, feel super inspired by the way her organization expanded. So I really want to try similar things. She's also going to Stanford this fall, which is actually my dream school. So there's that as well. That's amazing. Yeah, everyone starts somewhere. And even when you look at the biggest corporations and CEOs, everyone started from small roots. And I know you have recently mentioned and founded an organization called Melodies for Math. And it started smaller back in March, but I think that it has really big potential. And you said that it bridges STEM and the humanities. So can you explain your inspiration behind it? And what does this initiative aim to do? Sure. Well, actually, Melody Surround, I feel like it's such an interconnected part of me that I don't even know where to begin. So I guess I can just start from like the very beginning. Um, I started singing ever since I was like maybe uh, one and a half or two years old. And I actually like my speech, like my talking actually got delayed because I've only just started singing. So my parents were actually concerned that I couldn't even speak. <laughs> but I had like a different song for every person so whenever someone comes I like sing the song that I mentally delegated for them as a two-year-old <laughs> I just I'm baffled by how I did it but I also have this um ability called perfect pitch which just allows me to, it has I have like a mental like piano in my head so I can just like play notes in my head and deconstruct songs and 
that kind of thing. And I discovered that ability um, the summer before eighth grade. So that's the music part of it. And with math, I've always really loved solving puzzles. That's kind of what I've noticed ever since mm-hmm. I was in elementary school. I've always loved going on to um, playing like cool math games, going on to all those math websites and playing um, Sudoku. And then I, I felt really proud of myself whenever I solved those problems very, very, very quickly. But I guess one thing that I've noticed, especially when going from middle school to high school or even elementary school to middle school, I feel like with elementary, it was more about the understanding. But the whole culture, I think, around my middle school was um, it was all but more about the answer and how to score well on the test, especially with GPA. And mm-hmm. math, is, math is a very, very um, cumulative topic. So only when you know the basics and have a very strong foundation you can actually move forward into more difficult things but I felt like not that many people seem to understand it fun fact in sixth grade I actually had this math teacher and he was very very phenomenal he started the class by explaining by like bringing up the topic what is love and we talked about what love is it's such an irrational unexplainable kind of topic you just know like what it is but then he would just say he connected it to like the irrationality that could exist in math. And I found that, that the way he connected math to aspects of life was very interesting. But a lot of the other students really hated it and bashed on the teacher for not getting right to the answer, which mm. I really wanted to go more into the process. My first experience with writing a song that explained math was in seventh grade, where I wrote a parody of Dynamite explaining standard form. It got like a thousand plus views on YouTube and a lot of people really, really liked it. Mm. So I was thinking, hey, maybe I should write parodies explaining math. But my, my music theory wasn't that strong, so it kind of took a bit of a backseat until now where I feel like I have ample time on my hands. My music theory knowledge is pretty good. And so I wanted to create these songs explaining math because I'm also an auditory learner. I cannot learn well through textbooks, but I mm-hmm. learn well through songs. Like I, I memorize the weirdest things through song, but not through anything else. And I think I've also wanted to create this community that I've always wanted to have because I've always been a STEM X arts person, but in my community, at least, there are only people who swayed one way or the other. I mean, there were people who did both STEM and arts, but I literally feel like it's 50-50. So I, yeah. I, I kind of want to create this community where people who are 50-50 like me or lean one way or the other can have a place to really connect and learn about the thing that they might not understand or have not, not that much exposure to. And there are also a bunch of like STEM people who are saying, oh, why should I take all these humanities classes? But I wanted to really in the future at least, like create something that really lets them know why the humanities is part of STEM and why everyone I feel like should know it to be kind of an enlightened citizen and I guess make the best contributions they can. Yes, and many have coined the term STEAM instead of STEM, which yeah. includes arts along with science, tech, engineering, and math. And what do you think of that? Hmm, yeah, I actually really, really like it. But like, I still think though that the two M's in STEM is like really, really cool, like the phrase so yeah. I'm probably just going to keep that, but I really, really love that arts is being incorporated, me being an extremely artistic person. I, I write, I sing, I, I compose music, I make the videos, so I'm completely artistic, so I'm glad that art is getting its fair share of representation, but since it's a recently coined term, obviously we still have a lot more work to do, but I'm glad that the initial process is being started yeah and um as someone who really enjoys art as well i really appreciate how you brought up that people think that uh you're either a techie person or an artsy person and i totally agree with you saying that that's really not true and you so with that concept in mind where do you see melodies for math in future years Hmm, okay so 
I actually see a bunch of different directions that this could go. And, and like you said, it has a lot of potential. So as um, I know this is not exactly related to the question, but it also makes me feel kind of stressed that I might accidentally make a mistake or not take full advantage of what I have. Because uh, obviously, like, the organization is only as strong as, as its core team. So right now, what I'm doing is I'm trying to build a team and really trying to get our main mission statement across to everyone. But in future years, like I said, I really want this um, Melodies for Math convention or like an annual event that we hold that really is a big STEM X Humanities event, which is, which is open to anyone. And then there'll be panelists talking about how, like, math and arts relate to their day-to-day life. There could be instances where people present research that they've done. Another one of our team members actually suggested that we have a um, Melodies for Math kind of hackathon, except it's not like you don't really code. I don't think, I mean, you can code if you want, but it's just like, what is the best way to explain math concepts using music or arts, like what we're doing? And we could even have a, a legit hackathon that really connects STEM and arts together. Like that could be the theme. So that's one of our things. And then another is to have SAT, ACT webinars where we help people. We could also, um, this is actually a coding dream of mine, where where I create this website or database where anyone can enter any math concept. And then we give them examples of how it does relate to -to day-to-day life. And we could filter that by field. Actually, I think that I could start working on on that coding project soon, since I'm learning all like various languages. And I could implement that because I feel like that's another facet of what Melodies for Math does. Like a lot of people are asking, well, how does learning blank help me in my day-to-day life? I'm like, not that by itself, but that's the foundation that builds into something larger. So I want to create that website. So it's the website, the Melodies for Math convention, Math a Day in the Life, like a YouTube series where we interview people in STEM and arts and we can talk about those connections and what they do. So there's a variety of different projects that I see this going in future. Yeah, you're very ambitious and I really see potential with that coding project and um, I'm excited to see how Melodies for Math will incorporate that in their organization. A little bit on more about coding, like I'm kind of interested. Um, when did you first pick up coding and What's your favorite languages and uh, can you like give us like, a brief rundown of the hackathons that you participated in? Oh yeah, sure. So I've been coding since freshman year because I started taking the um, coding endorsement path in um, high school. So in freshman year, they taught us HTML, CSS, the, you know, the JavaScript, the web design languages. And also we got into Python, which is a uh, backend language where we code server side. And in sophomore year, we learned C-sharp, which is also another back-end language. Junior year, I learned Java. And back then, I really feel like I um, did coding in school, and that was basically it. But I think during these three, I haven't even began coding in, during this break for even a month. But I feel like during this um, time of isolation, I really that's where my, my love of coding really began to go through. Because I really wanted to be a tech intern for climate science. So I reached out to them and asked if I could intern for them. And I already knew the CEO because I had a video call with him in January. So they said, okay, you need to learn Angular. And I looked up the videos and then he said, to learn Angular, you have to learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript. And so I started learning that from then to be able to have access to the internship. And actually in freshman year, coding was taught very, very horribly. So I actually was um, super against HTML, but then through self-learning, I kind of discovered how much I love web design because that Mm -hmm. connects STEM and arts. Because, I mean, coding is kind of seen as a STEM thing, but with design, you have complete freedom over over, over what you'd like to do. And you can really, really, really experiment. So using the skills I've learned, I've actually competed in three different hackathons. 
one of them was Planet Hacks, and essentially me and I and a group of people created this app, this Android app called Life Balance, which allows users, to, especially in this pandemic, to keep note of how they're feeling every day and keep note of their symptoms so that they can decide whether to seek medical help if needed, as well as give like wash your hands feedback based on the increment that they wash their hands. So it's a very simple app because it's our first hackathon, but we actually got third place. Awesome. So. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Our second hackathon was this past weekend, and we ended with, so this was also a COVID-19 challenge, but I created a website with a couple of the couple people because it was my area of expertise. So it's called COVID MIDI because it's like COVID and community. So it's like for, it's for like adults and community members to really, we provide tools, resources, and tips so people could um, have a good mental state, at least during COVID-19. So one of our first uh, features was a COVID-19 tip randomizer. So we basically took tips from a variety of websites. And if a user pressed a button in a certain category, they're generated like a random tip and a random image and they keep going at it. The next is a COVID resources generator where a person can put how many members are in their family. And we give an output of like, oh, this is on average how much masks you'd need per week, how much milk you'd need. And so there's that. And then I did all the web design. And then the two other members of my group like created this app, this, this Python Kivi app where users can immediately stay updated with the latest news for COVID-19 as well as the stock market. So we, awesome. we submitted that and we'll know the results in it in about a week's time. And we also submitted COVID MIDI to the, the, the COVID-19 hack challenge. So we did it there. And also with coding, I recently started a freelance web design business called Sweta Sites. So um, people can just pay me like a small fee and I will create a website for them and additional fee for maintenance later on. And I've already had two clients, so I'm currently working on storyboarding and creating an outline for and for another client. So they're they're about to be a um, nonprofit organization soon. So nice. That's very very uh, exciting. Yeah, guys. So I'll have her GitHub uh, and her Swetha site Instagram link down below. Yeah, Thank those definitely you. seem like awesome things. What advice do you have for someone who wants to do a hackathon but doesn't know where to start? I was actually in this place for a very long time. I actually wanted to do uh, a hackathon in February, but I chose not to because I didn't know that much information. So I think with not knowing where to start, at least I would say, um, I mean, like I went the web design route, but I know there's people who are more server oriented. So what I would say is really, really um, get yourself involved and really find a team of people, I think, because I think even if you don't know much, if you have team members that do know, then you then you, you could pick up one or two skills from them. And it's just a matter of just getting to sign up for the experience. It can be pretty daunting at first. I had no idea about how to create an Android app, but it's just you learn through experience and with a team. Maybe you can go to one hackathon, not to compete, but just to go to the workshops because those are very helpful. And maybe once you feel like you're ready, you can just go for it. I mean, because like, obviously like your first hackathon will be jumping out of your comfort zone, but I feel like that is necessary in order to really feel more at home later when, when you do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with the fact that hackathons are not only meant for experienced hackers who really want to code something insane. And keep in mind, like hackathons are only 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. So yeah. you won't be able to make something extravagant, but to be able to present yourself well and learn new libraries, learn new coding languages, meeting new people, going to workshops, that's the best experience you can get from a hackathon, really. Yeah, And um, your first hackathon obviously won't be the the best hackathon. Maybe no. you'll win something, maybe you won't, but most likely you won't. Um, yeah. 
like my first hackathon, I just went there and literally just learned what Bootstrap was. That's it. Um, That's cool. At least you learned a new skill. Exactly. And um, and I met new people. And even right now during COVID-19, there's so many more online hackathons. I really recommend either asking your friends or going on dev posts to see what hackathons are coming up. So yeah. Yeah. So now we're just going to jump into the break. I'm going to play a really awesome song. I just listened to it like 10 minutes ago. It was awesome. It's Swetha's Pythagorean Theorem song. You can find it on Melodies for Math website and YouTube. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy. In a right triangle, you see two legs and a hypotenuse. When you have two lengths and you need the last, the Pythagorean Theorem gives it fast. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. When you square and add the legs and then you square root it all, the hypotenuse is what you get. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that song. I enjoyed it. For this next segment, we're going to be talking more about environmental issues, um, educational equity, because I know you're pretty interested in those kind of things with um, being involved in Melodies for Math and climate science. So I know you're pretty passionate about environmental issues. Can you give a brief rundown of your involvements in this area? Oh, sure. So actually, I've been passionate about like environmental issues since the fourth grade, I believe, when my teacher made me do a research paper on it. And I just, when I, when I looked at all the things that were happening and all the exploitation that happened from corporations, it just really, really made me angry. Because even in fourth grade, I had a bunch of ambitions and I really wanted to make my mark on the world and really help people. But if they keep doing this, I probably won't even have access to that kind of future. And I kind of felt robbed of it. And, and, I, and I felt like, like a bunch of future generations after me would feel the same way. So, the, so that's kind of where that stemmed. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I, and I had that mindset back then that, ooh, I'm just a kid, what can I do? So that flash forward to exactly a year ago, actually, um, I looked up environment essay contest because I know the, the Swedish activist Greta Thunberg actually got started, got her footing through those initial essay competitions. So I found an uh, essay competition sponsored by the um, United Nations Environment Program as well as Samsung. And the topic was air pollution for World Environment Day. So I wrote an essay about that and I narrowed down the three causes of air pollution to camouflage, convenience, and consumerism. And that essay actually won first place. So it was an international essay contest and I won first place. Awesome, so, congrats. Thanks. I actually feel like that point was the catalyst to where I am now with my involvement. Because with that contest, I really felt that my impact did not have to remain within this community. I didn't have to do just school clubs. I could really take my passions to the next level. That was kind of the catalyst that led to Melodies from Math and where I am today. But then I started looking into ways to help the environment using tech. And I found this search browser called um, Ecosia. And that is, is a green carbon neutral search engine that allows people to search and the ad revenue that they get will go towards planting trees. So I've been a um, avid user of that. I actually started a campaign to really promote Ecosia and I had a bake sale about that too. And I've raised money to an organization called One Tree Planted, which plants like trees for every dollar. I think we donated about, we had like $500 that we raised. And also I did this other essay contest sponsored by the Trust for Sustainable Living, where I wrote about Ecosia and how like a partnership between the browser and the user can really help with um, climate justice. And that was a top 10% finalist out of 800 entries worldwide. So awesome. that, was, that was another thing. And so currently right now, my um, Ecosia project is kind of at a standstill, but 
but I'm planning on relaunching that organization thing with a more of a focus on tech and building. So that's going to happen next summer. And I've also kind of found climate science and I really fell in love with it. And so I reached out. I've actually messaged the CEO in January about possibly being a community outreach person, but that ended up not working out. So now I reached out to him again, asking if I could work in their tech sector. And he said, okay, so here I am right now working with climate science. And I also have a NASA internship and essentially I applied for the earth and space science program. So it was just an application. And then I, I made a video about why I want to intern at NASA and basically my STEM journey all the way up to this point. So mm. NASA was a uh, intern program, but climate science, I just cold emailed. So what I would um, advise for internships is to have a mix of both. Really just push yourself out there. I know the first cold email can be pretty daunting. But just keep reaching it. If you send about 100, maybe you'll get like maybe two that work. So just really pitch yourself. Also network on LinkedIn and other platforms. The reason I got this climate science internship was because I knew the CEO already. So and he already knew my, my passions and my skills. So if you just like if you just make connections and really reach out and build this network of mentors and other students who have similar passions as you, I think you'll easily get access to new opportunities, whether it be interning, working at organizations or being exposed to a problem in which you feel like you can create your own unique solution for. So with um, Melodies for Math, I did a lot of research on, on organizations and what was currently being done to solve this issue. And I realized that there weren't any orgs that really tackled the issue the same way we did. So that's another thing. When you're starting an org, don't do it for college admissions and only do it if you have like a unique idea and business model. Else, it'd probably be better if you contributed your resources to an organization that already exists and make your impact there. It doesn't matter whether you found an organization or work with one, as long as you make a pretty good impact. Yeah, you heard it from Swetha, guys. It's really great to cold email, cold call, which basically means you don't really know them before, but what do you recommend as like a general format for a cold email? Mm -hmm. um, it's actually different for me every single time. But for a cold email, essentially, I just introduce myself and then I really talk about like what I really like about the company or nonprofit that I'm emailing. I talk about like about what I like about them. And then I talk about ideas that I have for them, what I can contribute if I were to be an intern, as well as I attach like uh, my skill sets and where I previously utilized them in, in similar fashions. And I also send a specifically tailored resume, which really highlights the skills that I really want to highlight to that specific place. So I think the important thing with cold emails is make it personalized. Obviously, I, I wouldn't say no to having a template, but just when you have that template, really personalize it and make it unique to the place that you're cold emailing or the individual that you're cold emailing. Because I think people can obviously can tell if, if, if it's a template and that if it doesn't have much depth. So it's just, so what I would recommend is to do your research to when making a cold email to really talk about why you want to work for them specifically. It's kind of like that why us section in, in college apps, but like obviously I haven't started applying to college yet. Really emphasize why them and what you have to offer to what they're doing. Yeah, totally agree with what you said there. So personalize it and make sure you really bring out the best in you. Yes. Um, so we know that platforms like Melodies for Math can help make education more accessible. How do you think educational equity connects to sustainability and environmental justice? I feel like both are innately connected, as I feel that only if you're um, empowered and know the facts, then you will be able to tailor it into something sustainability related. Also, I feel like the climate crisis is related to everything. So if more people are um, mobilized and educated, it actually moves the like further countries into having more of a developed country status. And then that'll mean that they have access to more resources and, and a better structure. 
So that will ultimately help with tailoring time and energy towards sustainability. Yeah, I love I love how those things are really linked and that it kind of connects your two passions. Mm-hmm. All right. So my last question for you is, I know you're a very involved person yourself, and I love how you gave some advice on how to get involved. And I'm really impressed by all your achievements thus far. What advice would you give to our listeners who want to get involved but don't know where to start? Hmm. So I guess what I would recommend to people wanting to get involved, it's, it's, it's really great that they want to get involved and it can be pretty daunting to start. But the first thing would be to start small, like kind of what I did. I, I reached out locally to other organizations in my area and even with um, the organizations that I applied to, I worked initially as entry-level positions so I could kind of see how the nonprofit structure worked. And that really helped me with founding my own because I, I had experience with working with similar organizations and really establishing. Because when you enter the community, you can really solidify yourself. And then once you have the connections, you can branch off and start your own projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So start small, then go big mm-hmm. and really do things that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, I guess that's all. Do you have anything more to add? Um. Not really. I just really want to thank you for having me and allowing me to talk about what I'm passionate about, Maldives Math, my coding interests, environmental interests. I'm so I'm so happy that I had an opportunity to be on this podcast. No worries. And I'm really excited for what the future has in store for you and your achievements. I wish you good luck on your college applications. And yeah, so that concludes the third episode of From the Stem Up. Please follow Swetha on Instagram and I'll link her Swetha site's Instagram and the Melodies for Math Instagram as well. Melodies for Math also has a website that I'll link below. And I'll also add her GitHub as well. You have tons of places to reach out to her. Definitely connect on LinkedIn. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. See you next time. 